0: I'm going to hand over to Trent, who's going to share the message with us. Awesome. Thanks, Britt. Thanks, team. How are we doing this morning? Good, good. Welcome. If you're at home uh, or wherever you are, if you're in the room, welcome as well. It's great to have you here today. Um, I'm going to continue our series on Focus Forward. Who's been enjoying that over the last couple of weeks? Uh, I've been enjoying hearing different thoughts, really, to set up our year, uh, for us to consider, well, what does the start of our year look like, and for us to move into a place where we're, I guess, beginning to consider what this year might be like. Um, this year gave us, or this week, hey, gave us a little interesting moment, hey, uh, well, Last Friday, all of a sudden we're in lockdown again, but praise God, hey, we're here and able to meet again. Um, I, I think we're going to be in a world that's going to be up and down a little bit as we go. The key is, like Britt just said, is that we have got to hang on to God. we have got to hang on to Jesus. Um, no matter where we're at in our journey, uh, let, let's be in a place where we're focusing on him. And, and so I want to give you one take. If, there's, if you remember nothing else from my message today, I want you to take this away we should care because Jesus cares. Everyone can remember that, hey? Can we all remember that, I reckon, at home? We can remember that if you're taking it. The one takeaway I want you to grab today is that we should care because Jesus cares. I don't know what the last 12 months has looked like for you, and we've talked a lot about that, but it was great to see, I think, a heightened sense of care for one another both in the, the context of our church, but maybe with friends, with family. A whole bunch of people, I think, stepped up to go, how are you doing? How are you going? Do you need this? Do you need that? I know for us, we got to know our neighbours a whole lot better uh, over the last 12 months. We'd share cakes and you, you know drop-ins and those things that you would do and just, hey, how are you going? And, and there seemed to be this sense of desire to care for one another more than ever before. Our neighbours actually just moved. They um, left on Friday. They've moved out to the country. They'd planned that for a while, but they came over and they said, hey, see you later. Uh, When we get settled, we invite you to come up and visit. I was like, oh, that'd be good. Um, but, But it just showed for us, it was like, hey, we've built some sort of relationship. And I think it was because there was an intention of care for one another. And I've heard story after story of people caring for one another more so over the last 12 months. The interesting thing from that, I sit back and wonder why did it take for us to be in a global pandemic for that to occur? And I'm talking to my, I'm preaching to myself today. It's like, hey, I've got to know some people that I didn't know before or reach out and care for people like never before. But it took like this total chaos in our world for us to consider that a priority. I was having a conversation with someone the other day, not a part of this church, or not yeah. and um, I was just starting to question, do I care too much for people? Do I not care enough for people? Is what I do the right thing? And it was just an interesting conversation to consider how, as people, as Christ followers, we actually consider others, and we reach out and care for others. Today, I want to talk to you about, we should care because Jesus cares, you know, I think, and what Britt shared was a great lead into this. You know, I think what happened during this, the lockdown periods that we had last year and the craziness is that all the busyness of life stopped, hey, it started to gear up again. But our busyness disappeared, the, the places to be, the places you could go, uh, the things that you wanted to do, commitments, even work, everything sort of came home. And and by no desire necessarily of ourselves, time was created. And we were able to go into a place where we were able to create space to care for others more. Even the headspace. I don't know about you, but often it's like I've got no problem caring for people and it's a key part of who I am and what I do. But often I have to prompt myself to go, "Oh, I should, I should see how that person's doing. And when we have the busyness and the craziness of life, often our brains are full and we might start out in a place where we want to care for one another. We might start out where we're desiring to look after people around us and there's drift. Drift comes in and this thing demands our attention and that thing demands our attention and that activity and they're all, there's nothing bad with those things. The demands of work go up, the 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 demands of schooling or uni or whatever those things are, and we start to drift from a place of desire to care for people and care for people in our world, and not by neglect, but just drift starts to happen. And we go to a place where actually it's not our main priority. I think a challenge for us right now as we focus into this year and focus forward is are we going to allow that drift and that busyness and craziness to shift the priority of care for one another. We should care because Jesus cares. You know, Jesus came to this earth more for more than just one reason. As Britt shared with us, he came to die on the cross for us, to to break things over our lives. But he also came to this earth to set an example for us. He, He didn't... If it was solely the purpose for him to come and die on the cross, then he could have turned up, died on the cross, gone back to heaven. But actually, he spent time growing up. He spent time in ministry those three years where he was out sharing and caring and leading and teaching. It wasn't just for one moment on one afternoon that he came to the earth. He came so that we might have an example so that we can lead our lives and and look to Him, He came to live, love, and lead like we should do as well. Scripture in Mark twelve thirty says this: "And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength." The second is equally important: love your neighbour as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. I'm sure we've all heard this scripture many times. Jesus was discussing this with a, a religious leader. So the way that I read that is that we should care for others the way that we care for ourselves. It seems pretty simple, doesn't it? But I know too that there's many people that would say straight away, well, I don't love myself. I, I don't like who I am. But actually, if we unpack that and... You know maybe there are some people struggling today. maybe you are at home, and you couldn 't come here to this place today and you are struggling there 's people that care for you there 's a Jesus that cares for you maybe you 're here in the room there 's people that he that care for you, and Jesus cares for you. but I think the majority of us would actually say that we Love ourselves because we desire to do things in life. We, we work hard and we, we strive for our lives to be good and better and improving. We hope to grow in our relationship with God. And so ultimately we do love ourselves. And even sometimes in our selfishness, where we just focus on ourselves, there, there's a desire for us to take care of number one. But actually what Jesus is saying here, don't forget the people around about you. Care for others like you would look after yourself. If you look after yourselves, you should be looking after other people as well. We should care because Jesus cares. We should care because Jesus cares. You know, we see many times in scripture where Jesus took moments in time to care for those about him. You know, he could have come and even, you know, not just died on the cross and gone back to heaven, but he could have come and just teach, taught, teach, teached isn't a word, is it? (laughs) Charlie, teached is not a word. We're having discussion with our boys lately. You can't say brought. You've got to say the right, teached. He could have just taught. He, He could have stood in front of people and taught and brought articulate words. He could have brought wonderful teaching, but he took time and took moments to care for the people about him. And we see that time and time again. He could have easily said he was too busy. And this is why, as, as we unpack Jesus' life over and over again, you know, the more I read the Gospels and learn about his life, the more things jump out, and you go, oh. You know, we say we want to be like Christ, but there's so many shortfalls that we all have. But let's keep working on it. He could have easily been so busy. In Mark six thirty-four, 34, Jesus, had just before this, he'd, he'd gone to get in the boat. They'd crossed the, the lake because they needed time to rest. Everyone loves rest, don't they? Especially if you've been busy, especially if you've been dealing with lots of people. Um, and Jesus just needed some time to rest. But this is what happened. So Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat. And he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Here it was Jesus, he was exhausted, he was tired, he had a plan. He'd planned with the disciples to go and take some time out to rest after a busy period teaching as well. He could have easily said no, I'm too busy and gone and hid. But something in his heart said, I care about you more than the inconvenience that I'm going to go through right now. See, remember, Jesus was still human. He was God and human, so he was physically tired. But something in him said, well, I care about you more than my own inconvenience. The the message version says his heart broke. His heart broke. So something in him said, I'm going to teach these people and bring um, something to benefit them because they're yearning after the word of God. You know, that scripture is actually around the story of feeding of the 5,000. So we see two things in that story. One, he comes and he teaches them, he brings spiritual benefit to their life, spiritual care. He also then came and met a physical need that they had. He fed them all. The disciples got the five loaves and the fishes, and he was able to multiply and feed the 5,000 people. He came and provided a spiritual need and also a physical need. There was other times you know, where he stopped to bless the children. The, the woman with the issue of blood, he was walking through a crowd and he could have just kept going. He had somewhere to be, somewhere to go. Busyness of his ministry said, I've got to be there. But he took a moment, and he stopped and he turned around and took a moment that changed her life. See, we never know what that moment, that conversation, the, 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 the point in time where we care for someone else, we don't know their backstory. We don't know what's taken place until that moment we make a phone call, a text message, a drop-in. Jesus also, you know, he's on the way to see Jairus's daughter. And she'd passed away. He could have gone, oh, that's all sorted. That's done. On to the next thing. But he took time and he cared for the emotion and he cared for the individual. Now, we know a miracle came from that and he brought her back to life. But I don't think he was purely motivated to come and bring a miracle in that moment. He was motivated to care for those people that were in grief and were in crisis in that moment. We should care because Jesus cares. He took all those mo- these moments even when it was inconvenient. Inconvenience, here you go, you ready? Inconvenience is inconvenient, right? It disrupts what we thought in our mind we were going to be doing. But what if your moment of inconvenience changes someone's world? Even for that day, even for a moment. Again, recently I just was thinking of someone, I shot them a text and I didn't know why but occasionally the Holy Spirit would just come and say, hey, you should reach out to this person, shoot them a text. Um, Long story short, I was able to catch up, have a coffee, they were going through some hard times. I, I, I took that moment and just that prompting from the Holy Spirit Why do I tell you that? Not because I'm good. But we've got to take those moments where we go, that might be a distraction or an inconvenience to what we're doing, and listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying, because it's going to change someone else's life. And we should care because Jesus cares. Philippians 2 verse 4 says this, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had, Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Don't look out only for your own interests. The the scripture there doesn't say, hey, you know, totally disregard everything that you've got going on in life. Some people choose to do that, that's what God's called them to do. But the key here is that we've we've got to do our own things, our own lives, but let's not forget. Let's not forget that person next door. Let's not forget that person that we're doing life in a small group with. Let's not forget that person that the Holy Spirit just prompts into our mind. Let's think about others and take an interest in others. You know, it's not just about ticking a box. It's not about us just going, oh, I shot that person a text. They're all good now. We've got to take an interest in people's lives. That's what Jesus did. He went to that house that the girl had died. I just picture him there walking in, bringing incredible sense of peace with him as he walked into that room, just where grief and anguish and crisis was. Do you know we can carry that with us as well? The Holy Spirit works through each of us and we can carry that no matter where we are. Let's not just think about our own commitments, but let's be thinking about others. Now, last year, I had, about this time, I had my gallbladder out. Um, I won't be too gross on the details, but a little bit, because it's interesting. Um, December 2019, I, was, I just woke up one morning, and I like the middle of the night, and I was sick as a dog, like so sick. I thought it was food poisoning. I'd gone out to dinner with Jared Percy and some of the oversight. I thought he'd per- poisoned my food. If you're on the chat today, Jared's on the chat, so give him some grief, all right? Um, but I'd gone out, and I just sort of had food poisoning, but I was sick as a dog. Long story short, went to hospital, they checked me out, you know, they think I'm and they give you this stuff to drink because you just got an upset tummy and all this sort of thing, and Sarah thought I was being, you know, sook about it. Long story short, ultrasound, had big gallstones, calmed down, but they said, you need to go see the surgeon. All right, I go see the surgeon. A couple of months had gone past before I could get in to see him. Had no other problems. Um, And so I go to see the surgeon and he says, you need to have surgery. And I'm like, I don't want to have surgery, I'm all good. And so he says, no, look, come and have a look at this picture, right? So he pulls up the ultrasound of my gallbladder. Now, I didn't really know that I had a gallbladder, let alone what it did prior to this moment in time. But what I discovered, it's like this pear-shaped thing about the size of your fists. And I won't look at the nurses because I'll be describing something wrong. But it's basically this thing that stores up um, bile to help you digest. So when you have a big, fatty meal, uh, it's all good to go and it helps you digest your food. But what can happen is, for whatever reason, you get stones in there, they get blocked and cause all sorts of pain. Apparently, it's like giving childbirth. I'm pretty sure it was worse than that. Um, I don't know what these women complain about, you know? Like, I'm dead. Hey, it's alright. So anyway, see the surgeon. He says, you've got to have surgery. He showed me there was 20 millimeter gallstones in my gallbladder. So I'm like, yeah, all right. Anyway, we booked it all in, sorted it out. I'm going to have the surgery. I It was meant to be half an hour surgery. I'm in there, and I remember seeing the clock before I went in. I came out, and I'm in recovery, and like three hours have gone past. And I'm going, am I off my head on drugs? And, you know, like anesthetics sent me crazy. Anyway, the doctor comes in, and he said, we went in to do the surgery. We normally just do it, well, it was keyhole, but they then put the thing in a plastic bag and pull it out. He said, we went to touch it, and the whole thing just disintegrated. We are so lucky that we got in in time. Um, They said the whole side of it had morphed out and it was all gross and pussy and you're getting the picture, right? I I could show you a picture, but I didn't do that today. The key was that I needed the care from those surgeons at the moment that I needed the care. I didn't need it prior to that moment. It was lucky I got in and got the help that I needed from the specialists at that time. Had I not, it could have caused me really, really, really bad problems. I would have been really sick. You know, many people don't think they need care until they do. You know, I didn't know I had these gallstone things going on until that pain came and I went to the hospital and got the help I needed. I didn't need those doctors until I needed them. Now, that might seem really simple, but many of us and many people live in a place where they they don't know they need care until they do. But we should be in an environment where people know they can go and get the care they need when they need it. I knew I could go to the hospital. I knew I could see the surgeon and they would know what to do. I knew where to go. But when it comes to people care, do we know who we can go to? Do others know who they can come and see? Do people come to you when they need care in their life. We should care because Jesus cares. As a church, I believe our, our mandate and our, our environment here should be a place where, where it's like a hospital. Like I had to go to the hospital because I needed that care. I, I knew where to go, but I didn't know exactly what I needed. The church should be a place where people can come and know that that's where they can find care for their life. For their emotional health, their spiritual health, their relationships. You know, church is a place for connection and community. It's not just a place for us to worship together. This is key. Whether we're online today or in the room, us worshipping together is important. But it's bigger than that. The church is about us having a place to belong and to care for one another. I talked a couple of weeks ago about groups and us doing life together with other people. We should be in a place where people can come in and this is like the holistic hospital where surgery needs to take place on our hearts and our minds and our soul. People can come into a church and find that. You know, church is an interesting place. You'd probably never put this bunch of people together normally. Hey, we've all got different interests, different likes, different dislikes, different backgrounds. You know, Many other organisations that, that operate come together because of common interests. You think a footy club or a, uh, you know, a different sports club or maybe there's a, an interest group you're a part of or a, an age thing demographic, whatever it might be. But the church somehow has this massive mishmash of people which God said, hey, come together, but here's our foundation. Our foundation is in me. Our foundation is in Jesus. Our foundation is in the doctor of all doctors. Our foundation isn't in the things we do and don't like, but our foundation is in him. You know, we want to have a church that's not just reactive to the care and the needs of people, but proactive. You know, my gallbladder thing started out reactive. I'm lying in the bed dying. Worse than childbirth, you know. I don't know, I can never, I can never compare it, hey. But, but it went from reactive to the point where I was sitting with the surgeon and everything was okay, Hey, this is the proactive thing that you need to ensure your life is fine. That you don't have that terrible pain. As a church, we want people to come and be a part of our community to be in a proactive care place. Hey, how you doing? Dan, how you doing? Sam, how you doing? Mal, how you doing? Steve, how you doing? Robert, how you doing? It might not be a... Oh yeah, I need this right now, but it's, uh, I know where to go. I know who I can talk to when I need to. Last year, we, we started up what we call nurture groups through our church. We, we'd seen, particularly over COVID, but for, for a long, long time as a church, how do we care for everyone in the community of Resound Church? We got together, what ended up being over 60 leaders and just said, hey, will you care for a handful of people? Will you give them a call? Will you give them a text? There's a whole bunch of work to still do on that. But we knew that as a church staff, we'd been talking for a long, long time. How do we pastorally care for everyone in our church? It's not possible for three, four, five, six, seven, eight people, the staff of the church to care for 430 we can help with crisis and we can help facilitate that. But we said we have to, for our church to be a place that reaches sends, nurtures and disciples, we need to work on that nurture care so that everyone needs to know or can know where they need to go when they need care. So we, we created these nurture groups. You know, I can care for 10 people pretty well, I think. Hey, how are you doing? Get to know them. Like that scripture said, be interested in them. Those 10 people that I care for can t- care for 10 people. And those 10 people can then care for five people, let's say. In that setup, straight away, we can care for 500 people. Sustainable, it's, it's, it creates an ability for us to get to know one another. You know, as a church staff, we would be silly to try and say, hey, we can care for 50 people each. So you might have had a call, might have had a call from a nurture group leader or someone going, Hey, how you doing? It might be a bit awkward and weird. We don't want that to be awkward and weird. We want you to know that people are there caring and thinking and praying and supporting you. Even those that are online, maybe you never step into a building. We want you to be a part of our church and and to know where that care is from. But this takes work. At our home, when we do dinner, everyone contributes. You ask Charlie, if Charlie was here, he'd be like, oh, I have to do the dishes and I have to set the table. Well, We like to say in our family, like we do here at church, on this team, everybody plays. One, there's a spot for everyone. But also, if you're going to eat the food, you have to contribute to the, <laughs> to the meal. So our boys know at family dinner time in our place, there's going to be something for everyone to do. But we make that age appropriate. Ollie's not making dinner for everyone yet. But to be part of that, they they contribute. And and so we see care for people in the life of our church. As we focus forward on this year, care is not not about just the church staff caring for us, As the church, because that's ultimately what the church is, the people. It's every one of us. But creating culture where we care organically for one another. We want to have that nurture group structure, but ultimately we want to see that become organic. Where it's people connecting with people. Small groups connecting with the people in their small groups. But ultimately the fundamental purpose of that is to care because Jesus cares. Let me read this final scripture for you. Ephesians four eleven. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's saints to do his work to build up the church and the body of Christ. That's all of us. So we stand here and, you know, we've, heard sometimes in the past, a while ago, oh, the church staff should do this and do that. We're doing that. We're going to facilitate it. We're going to be involved in crisis. We're going to care for everyone and make sure everyone's cared for. But we want a culture where everyone's caring for one another. As a group of people and Christ followers, there's an obligation like Jesus to care for the one, the two, the three, and have an impact. You know, what I'm sharing today isn't just a church thing. This is a Jesus thing. And so today, as I said at the beginning, if there's nothing else that you take away, we should care because Jesus cares. I'd love for each of us as we go about this week to just maybe contemplate where we're at. Maybe we can reach out to one person. Maybe we can reach out to 10 people. I don't know what it is for you. Like our family dinner situation. Our boys aren't doing the same level that we are, but they're doing something to contribute to family dinner. What are we all doing? It's not about us as an organisation. It's about our heart and our care for people. So I'm going to pray and I just, I just want you to think for a moment and then across this week, who can I reach out to? Maybe there's a work colleague that just needs something in their, in their life. Let's be in a place where we care for one another. Let's pray. God, we pray today that you'll just stir our hearts, that you'll push us into a place of care like never before. God, we ask that you will just stir something. And like that scripture said, something will break in our hearts and in our minds to reach out to other people. God, I pray where there's the busyness, the commitments and that drift can start to come in. Lord, I pray that you will come and realign us, help us to create priority for others. God, I pray today for every person that is struggling, that they don't feel cared for and they need something. Lord, I pray that you will prompt us, but God help them to reach out, to know that here is a hospital for spiritual, relational, emotional, physical care. God, today, we pray that you'll pour your spirit out across this church. In your mighty name, amen. Hey, what a great message. Thanks for joining us here at Resound Church. We pray that you've been encouraged through the message and that you've grown just a little bit closer to God. While you're online, why don't you head over and give us a like on Facebook or Instagram or check out our website at resound.church. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or head over to our website, resound.church forward slash app to grab our app, which will keep you up to date with everything going on. Well, don't forget next week, there'll be another amazing podcast here to listen to from Resound Church. We hope you join us then.